Welcome once again to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us today. We're going to be laughing louder, digging deeper, and of course, living larger in the Lord Jesus Christ. Coming up a little bit later on today's topic, it is going to be chat, GTP, and AI is on slate for us to discuss. Mike Shaw will be by with Right On Way Off. I also have a Bible Idiots Deep Dive, part one of two. Oh. Where we're going to talk about progressive Christianity a little bit. Okay. And but always <laughs> we start the show with the granny rant. Here's Emily. Da, 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 and as da. promised, once again, we are going to turn to the celebration of Christmas. We've Christmas. been kind of doing it all December long. And of course, it started with Advent, where um leading up to the four weeks leading up to Christmas, there in recent years, or I should say in past years, past generations, there was a lot of fasting during Advent that led up to the 12 days of Christmas where that's when the feasting began mm. and that's where the fun begins. And so... So fasting, then feasting. Yes, fasting, mm. then feasting. See, I, I understood Christmas as feasting and then a little more feasting. <laughs> and then we finish it off with some feasts. And then the Feast of Self-Loathing at the uh, very yeah. end, right? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about some of those traditions once again that we do celebrate. Where did they come from? What's the Christian uh, origin of them? And let's dispel the whole myth that these are pagan things that Christians have adopted. Are we going to hear the word druids? Uh, no, you're not going to hear the word druids. <laughs> not today. Today we All are right. going to look at the Christmas tree. And the yes, Christmas tree. we have long acknowledged that people used uh, trees, branches, they carved root vegetables, they used candles. They did all those things because why? Everybody did. That's all they had available. Uh, like I said, Said it before, I'll say it again. There was no Hobby Lobby in the Dark Ages. There wasn't. So uh, we all kind of used the same thing, right? <laughs> right. So when it comes to the Christmas tree, there's many that bemoan that this is some pagan ritual that Christians have just adopted and continue. However, nay, nay, I say. This is not true at all. The history of the Christmas tree, while it's true that pagans did uh, worship trees, in fact, uh, particularly in the Germanic Scandinavian regions where the Vikings were, they Hmm. did. They worshiped trees. And so that was a practice that did take place. However, let's open the pages of our history book. And uh, while the Vikings did actually worship trees, they believed they were sacred, um, as a part of recorded history, this is recorded history, this is fact, okay? okay. You can look I, it up you, yourself. I'm lost. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Are you saying that, that the Vikings actually worshipped trees yes. and that's what you're going to counteract here? Yes, they okay. did. The Vikings worshipped trees. I, I, we've heard about the Druids, the... we've heard about all these other pagan festivals, and you're saying... Basically, they had the same stuff. Exactly. So the Christians never necessarily worshipped the trees when they brought them inside. There were pagans that worshipped trees. The Vikings were one of them with their worship of Thor and all that stuff. In fact, uh, they believed, like I said, trees were sacred. And in that area of Scandinavia and Germany, St. Boniface was a missionary to those people. Now, there was this huge oak tree in the area of uh, Harris, Germany, or uh, Hesse, that's what it was, Hesse, Germany. In Hesse, Germany, there was this huge oak tree that the worshipers of Thor literally worshipped. 
Boniface is in the area. He takes an axe to that tree. He cuts it down and he literally builds a church out of the wood from that huge oak tree. Now, some people will look at that and say, well, uh, Boniface was just, you know, he also considered the tree sacred. That's why he built the church out of it. No, 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 no. We know that's not true because, Chris, you and I have traveled around and it was very common As Christianity was spreading across the globe, what did Christians do when they got into a region where there was uh, the former religion, was a pagan religion? They would take those worship places and they would either tear down or cover up those places of worship. But on that same spot, they would build a church. This was a statement. This was a, no, we are not going to coexist with all the other religions Uh, Jesus Christ is the one true God. This is who we worship. It was a statement. They didn't adopt those things. They didn't merge with those things. They were very, very, very separate from those things. And so what? obviously your research has shown that people are saying that Christians just modified other. Exactly. When you're saying they didn't. Took the pagan traditions and just continued them because we thought they were fun or something. Or we tried to blend it together. Right. No, No, there was very distinct meaning with everything that was going on. Now, Including cutting down the big oak tree to use the lumber to build a church. To build a church, exactly. Now, what do you do? You know, the law of nature, anytime Mm -hmm. you uproot something, you disturb the... The, the soil, something else is going to take its place. You know, it doesn't just stay void. The dirt doesn't just stay void. I don't know if this is true or not for sure. It's not docu- documented like the actual cutting down of the tree and, and the building of the church. But it is said that in the place of that oak tree that was cut down, a pine tree or an evergreen tree took root and sprung up there. Now, the pine tree, yes, or the evergreen tree has long been symbolism for Christianity for the very obvious reasons. We've talked about some of them Mm -hmm. before. Uh, Number one, we use the tree because Jesus died on the tree. It's a representative of the the crucifixion of Jesus. Also, the triangular shape of the tree is representative of the Trinity, and of course it points heavenward, um, and so where that is where Christ is seated. So there's a lot of symbolism in those evergreen trees that Christians specifically use. And you go back to the book of uh, Hosea, in that mm-hmm. prophetic book where God says, I am an evergreen, a cypress, from me comes your fruit. So he, he actually even refers to himself as... And evergreen, this is not us making things up, you know, yeah. or adopting adopting pagan. In your research on things. the Christmas tree, did you find anything about you know? Because I always hear, well, the Druids were the first ones to bring in the tree inside, no. and that's what Christians do. And I always said, nah, we worship the one who died on the tree. Absolutely. What, what not. what's your what's your response to uh, that? Bringing the tree in and actually putting lights on it that came out of Martin Luther. Martin Luther, of course, the great reformer. He was one morning out in the wooded lands of the German area, which is very beautiful. Uh, He was out early in the morning, and the land was just snow-laden and full of frost, and the sun was rising. And he comes around this little bend, and he sees how the light is just shining on this frosted-over evergreen. And it was so bright and so brilliant, it looked like it was illuminated. It looked like there were thousands of little candles on it. And he was just taken aback about how 
Jesus is the light of the world. Mm -hmm. And so he went home, he told his family about what he saw, he gave them the spiritual, you know, lesson or whatever that, that he gleaned from that, and he was the very first one to then demonstrate that by putting candles on the evergreen trees. Pretty cool, huh? Now get this. Get this. Okay. Fast forward to the Victorian era. Oh, the Victorian era. Uh, we had been talking about Advent. That's when they're doing all their mm-hmm. uh, fasting. Now comes the feasting and the feast of Adam and Eve. That is celebrated on the 24th of December. Mm. And what they would do as common That's practice... during the Victorian era. During the Victorian, the Tudor, Tudor area, coming out of the mid- sure. medieval times. Um, the children would go around the Christmas tree, which was actually at the time called the Paradise Tree, and they would act out the play of Adam and Eve in the fall of man, and they would pick fruit off the tree. Well, guess what kind of fruit they hung on the tree? They'd hang apples and pears and stuff like that for the children to act out the play and pull the apple off the tree. Off the evergreen tree. Uh, uh, Exactly. Mm. And so it was all just a reminder of the fall of man that we do need a Savior. And, of course, God sent the Savior. So that's where then we get our, you know, eventually they hung fake uh, apples, apples or pears. pears or oranges or whatever. And Which now became we have Christmas bulbs. Christmas bulbs. Wow, look at you. I know. Go to I the know. head of the class, I'm, I'm not dude. even a detective. I just I just cracked that code right But there. isn't that fun? Yeah. I mean, there was a reason. There was a reason behind everything they did, and it all really pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so none of this, just debunk it, forget it. It is not a continuation of the pagan celebrations, it is truly uh, grounded and centered in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the first advent of Jesus coming yeah. to earth. Yeah. You know, my favorite one out of all this, because I know you're doing this all the way through Christmas, you're just going to take myths and just beat it back with yeah. those pesky little up. facts. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> Before AI can erase all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I always I always uh, get, get the... Uh, the annoyance from people. I, Jesus was actually probably born in April, oh, and we right. celebrate his birthday. On it's like, so what? I know we don't I mean, know when he cares? was born exactly, anyway. So what are you nitpicking about? Yeah, well, you, let's. You want to nitpick? Let's nitpick about you know the Bible. How many? How many uh, uh, wise men came and visited Jesus? More than three. How do you know? Well, because why do we always say three? <laughs> You just knew that I was going to go like against three, plays. right? It's like the plays yeah. that the children put on. It, you know? it could be estimated based on cultural significance right. that there could have been up to a dozen right. yes. wise men. I have heard but that, yeah. They've even given them names. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they each have names that were just made up to go oh, along with what okay. three things in the Christmas story. The gifts story. that they brought. The three so gifts, that's right. For the right. three gifts that were brought, they had to make sure there was at least one wise man for yeah. each. Yeah, the um, the other thing is is that there was no innkeeper in the story of you, Christmas. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, well, what was Pigpen doing then? No, it's that there's... <laughs> Oh, because he did the Charlie Brown, yeah. He, he was the innkeeper. There's one verse translated into English, there was no room in the inn. Yeah. And so you immediately think of, you know, ancient Bethlehem Motel 6. Right. Okay, they did have places of lodging yes. in the ancient times. Yep. I'm not saying that they didn't, but that's not what that's referring to. That word is specifically referring to the inner parts of the house yep. 
of who you were called to stay with. Now, when they, when Caesar said the census and everybody had to travel to their hometown to be counted, well, guess what would happen? The older people, the elder people in the family would get the inner parts of the, of the right, house. Right, right. Well, Joseph and Mary are not. They're, they're young. They're young. So they had to be on the outside of the inner part of the house, which right. actually put them in the stable with the animals. Exactly. That's why when I was, you know, growing up, I used to, when my dad would get really mad at me, he's like, what, were you born in a barn? <laughs> and then I learned of Jesus. And I said, but Jesus was born in a barn, Father. But if you want to nitpick, you can nitpick till the cows come you home. You can, yeah. And I guess they would not stay in the inner parts of the house either, <laughs> <laughs> would they? Well, and you think about it, she's ready to have a baby at any moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to want a little privacy. You're not going to be the center of attention at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of things going into that. And But there's think, always the story about how the rude innkeeper turned away the pregnant lady on yeah. Christmas Eve, yeah. you know? Yeah, why does he have to be so rude? Uh, What's again, up with that? I, because there was no room, you know? <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, yeah, so, I played an innkeeper in a Christmas play when I was like nine years old. My family wasn't even Christians. We, we'd only go to church out of cultural, you know, whatever, yeah. just trying to fit in. And so my mom jackknifed me into this Christmas program, and I got, I got to play the, the innkeeper. And I just stood on stage and shook my head no a couple times. And despite your outward appearance, you ran a very tight in. Then I get to seminary and realize I was a heretic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the early years of blasphemy. That's right. With Chris Danielson. So That's right. is that your Bible idiots deep dive? No, or do you want to no. go? Let, let's let's move on. Because you got the fever now. Yeah, well, you got the Christmas fever. I can tell. I can wait till next week. It's a two-parter. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I want to talk about what is progressive Christianity. Okay. And then I want to talk about how progressive Christianity misuses the Bible. Okay. I I love that and I want to do that. And the reason that I want to do that is because all these the reason I'm doing these granny rants with mm-hmm. Christmas mm-hmm. is is precisely because of that. It's these overly religious people and really Satan's using it to, for bad to espunge yeah. anything Christian from culture. That's what they're doing. And they're well, attacking, you know, All Saints Day and they're attacking Christmas and the Fourth of July and all that stuff. Yeah. Telling us we're attack not anything suppo- and everything. Attack anything and everything. And what they yes. all they want to do is create doubt. And then when you've got deconstructionism celebrating doubt, yep. um, and the Bible warns against doubt, guess what? We need to then combat Exactly. Approach. Very good. Um, My research comes from Dr. Michael Brown. Oh, good. um, I know. It's almost like he's like my big brother. (laughs) He gets into these fights, and then I just stand back and claim victory alongside (laughs) him. (laughs) But he was asked to debate a progressive uh, Christian uh, who wanted to debate progressive Christianity. Okay. And what they did, they they made it on statements that uh, he claimed, Dr. Michael Brown claimed that progressive Christians interacted and affirmed uh, the validity of same-sex marriage, mm-hmm. supported woman's right to an abortion, and denied mm-hmm. that salvation was found exclusively through Jesus. Through Christ, right. That's the way Dr. Michael Brown identified it. Okay. The progressive Christian he was debating did not identify it exactly the same. Again, okay. they constantly changed the yes, way. Yes, it's a moving target. He was not clear on his views on same-sex marriage or abortion, uh, he made clear that progressive Christians did not deny that salvation came exclusively through Ju- Jesus. And so it depends on what progressive Christianity you're talking to and talking about. We need to get that ground rule out here yeah, first yeah. because it could be completely different. 
So what happened in the debate, and I and I love watching other people debate if they do it appropriately. Yeah. Um, I've always said from the pulpit, I'm not here to debate, I'm here to proclaim. Mm-hmm. But sometimes guys like my big brother, Michael Brown, can get in there and actually represent us in a debate setting, and right. he can do it a lot more than me because... I would probably descend into name-calling. He's name a brilliant calling. thinker. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. he's a brilliant thinker, and uh, he's got that Jew- Jewish heritage, which gives him a lot of insight as well. Yeah. There so. are some websites out there that really go after progressive Christianity, and some note that progressive Christianity is a movement that is infiltrating and influencing the evangelical church. Yep. I want you to hear this because this is why it's important. Totally, yeah. Okay? Some of the most high-profile Christian leaders are now slowly becoming a part of it. Mm-hmm. This movement seeks to reinterpret the Bible, reassess historic doctrines, and redefine core tenets of the faith while claiming the title Christian right. and boasting a high view of the Bible it is sweeping up many unsuspecting Christians into mm-hmm. a false view of who God is and how he saves yeah. people. Because it sounds very good on the yeah. surface. There are also, dig down yeah, deeper. there are also writers who speak of progressive Christianity in broad terms, like uh, I'm not even gonna give credit to some of these websites, but they list some of the leading Christian progressives and what they say and what they have to say. And basically, this is what the research has uncovered. Okay. Again, I hate I hate using people's names or, you know, I know. You different websites yeah. because some of them will just mislead you if you go there. Exactly. So why? Exactly. Yep. You know, I need yep. that stamp, you know, <laughs> for research, heresy, for research purposes only. But it, you got to be cautioned about painting too wide of a of a brush, you know, too Right. You know, yes. too broad, you know, and but just the categorize most, everybody into one right, they. Right. Most progressive Christians that I have met, even in, in the little town of Harlan, they're nice folks. Yeah. They're, they're well-meaning people. They're just so wrong, and they're wrongy wrong. <laughs> right, yeah. They know so much that isn't so. Yeah. And Ooh, it, that was very Ronald Reagan-esque. Thank you. Yes. That's a direct quote from, I know. from the... From Mr. Ronald Reagan. All right. Here's how, it, here's how it began according to the research that I've been able to uncover okay. alongside Dr. Michael Brown. Very good. In 2006, as an alternative to the Christian faith portrayed in the public realm, the United Church of Christ in Beaverton, Oregon, began with this following statement. Okay. The leaders of progressive Christianity had grown weary of defining their Christian faith in negative terms. We are not fundamentalists. We don't believe the Bible is the inerrant or infallible word of God. Problem. We don't agree that the creation <laughs> should replace the science of evolution in public schools. Ooh. That's even more moronic because yes. the evolution in public schools is a belief system. Right. I'm telling you, there's it's as religion, much science yeah. and evolution as pork and the pork and beans, but yeah. that's a whole other subject yep. for another day. Uh, they went on to say, we don't believe that God hates gays. We don't believe that people of other faiths are going to hell unless they convert to Christianity. And we don't deny the right of women to choose what happens to their body. A lot of this is emphasized in all caps and our bold letters, and that was their emphasis, but you can't see that because I'm reading it. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said... The website makes it clear that they do, in fact, affirm those negative statements. Right, right. So their own second statement of faith, the Christian faith is our way of being faithful to God, but it is not the only way. That's what they say. Yeah. We yeah. are here to proclaim that Jesus in He's John chapter 14, way. 6 said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No person, no Nobody man to... comes to the Father except through me. There you go. So they want to seek community that is inclusive of all people including but not limited to conventional Christians and questioning skeptics, believers and agnostics, women and men, those of all sexual orientations and gender identities, those of all classes and abilities, 
sounds pretty good on the surface. Sounds nice. Yeah, that Which is why we like had a, a nice few in our church when do. I got here. But, yeah. but the reality <laughs> is, as a come-as-you-are church, you welcome all of those people in to hear the settled truth. Yeah. And they don't want to hear settled truth. Nope. What they want is they want you to set your settled truth aside and allow their false truth to have this, to share the stage with it so exactly. shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. We don't allow that. Nope. That's not who we are. And we do that as lovingly as possible. Look, if you cannot stand on the truth of God's word and you can't tell somebody that their their ideas are non-biblical, they're not correct with the it's not going to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. You don't tell them that, and you give them a platform alongside you because you do it out of what you think is love. Mm -hmm. It's not love. The only no. love you have in that scenario is for yourself because you have no courage. You you can't yeah. you can't stomach being uh, looked down upon. Yeah. You know. I mean, we had a leftist Marxist has left our church and has publicly on Facebook attacked me about the love and and uh, truth balance. Yes. Which I, is a great illustration, by I, the way. I don't mind. Yeah. I still think that this this lady is is in need of Jesus, and she's not a bad person. So we don't attack them. We just pray for them. That's what's called love. Mm -hmm. But when the dialogue comes face to face, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I don't call you sister for a reason. Right. But you're wrong. Yeah. We, we have a hard time saying that in progressive Christianity almost backs people into a corner where saying what I just said would be considered a non-starter. So mm -hmm. therefore, I have no credibility. Yeah. And that's what authentic Christians are facing. That's what I want to talk about when they misuse the Bible next week. All right. Well, I remember you talking, preaching about how Satan, he's so deceptive. He yeah. is so deceptive that he will use our own virtue against us. Uh, and that's one of them. That's one example. Well, we're going to be inclusive and we're just going to love everybody because it sounds really nice, right? Well, no, it's not nice. It's mm -hmm. not nice at all. What part of be ye separate, if you're inclusive of everyone, when God says be separate, come out from among them, be, don't just blend into the world well, who is he talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> there, is, there is a fine line. You can love people without uh, in any way affirming something yeah. that's contrary to God. Well, let me just define what progressive Christianity is based on some of their leaders, okay? okay. They deny that the absolute authority of Scripture, stating that it's right. not infallible word of God, yep. okay? There we're, we disagree. Problem. It yeah. denies that the salvation and redemption come only through the cross of Jesus Christ, that's what Problem. the Bible teaches. <laughs> and it affirms the validity of same-sex marriage. Problem. And it affirms women's right to choose abortion. Ooh, big problem. So I got two things for anybody who wants to talk with progressive Christians, or if you are a progressive Christian, I'm going to ask you two things. Number one, before you bring up rape and incest to justify abortion, can we agree that abortion on demand is wrong? Mm -hmm. When you deny that, then we know that we, we, we don't have the same stance on life. Right. Number two, when it comes to same-sex and same-sex marriage and, and validation, can we have a dialogue where the tens of thousands of people who've come out of that lifestyle, I've never been a part of that lifestyle. I've hired gay people. I've had gay people work for me. I've been around a lot of them, and many of them 
have commended me for treating them with just general respect as human beings, right, which I do. Human being, exactly. Yeah, I don't have to, you know, go out with a bullhorn in the middle of the street and condemn them. They, they, they know that where I stand, and I know where they stand. Mm-hmm. So I ask you: Can the tens of thousands of gay people who've come out of the homosexual lifestyle saying Jesus broke my chains, Jesus set me free? Can they have part of the dialogue? Can they right. be part of the discussion? Can they talk about how this uh, lifestyle was detrimental to them? Yeah. Can they talk about how it was hurtful and harmful to them? Right. Oh, no, you don't get to. See, that doesn't and sound that very is where That is where progressive <laughs> Christianity loses all credibility. Yep. Please, I wish they wouldn't use the word Christianity. Uh, I believe that Christians, because of this, we're going to have to ditch Christianity as a name and go with believers or authentic believers in Christ. And that's just a like a, a whim. Uh, I can see Mike Sean, my peripheral, disagreeing <laughs> with me. And I can see by the look on your face, Emily, you're disagreeing with me. You hate when people claim stuff that you can't have anymore and force you to do something else, so you'll double down on Christianity. But you get my point. I do. It's like, I, I don't want to be associated with these fakers because well, they're, like the they're going to suffer really, really hard on Judgment Day, and my heart breaks for right. them that they're this full of themselves they can't see what God's trying to share with them through the Spirit and through His Word. Well, it's just like the rainbow right now. I mean, we have gotten to a point in our culture, like if I saw a little girl's shirt with a rainbow on it, I probably wouldn't buy it for my grandkids, just because we all know what culture tells us that that is. Right. You know what I mean? It has changed how I view that. I understand what the actual rainbow is. That will never, ever change. I know God's promise. I will hang on to that promise, and that promise is true. Um, But... (laughs) We had a welcome desk at a church that I was serving a couple years ago, and and I went up there, and they had a basket full of buttons Uh that had... um, Noah's Ark and a rainbow on it. Yeah. And when I first saw it from a distance, I'm like, what is that what woke stuff doing, doing here? Yeah. You know? And then you realize, and then I realized, oh, yeah. It's and so the, you said there's a thing out there called the Rainbow Revolution? Yes. The and, Rainbow Revolution. These are people who are starting to organize and come together. And these are people that have come out of the homosexual lifestyle, or I should just say the LGBTQ plus lifestyle. Um, and they're talking about it, and they're they're wanting to warn people about the detriment that it caused them they, because they care about other people. And it's also a testimony to the fact that it is Jesus Christ who brought them, who delivered them out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty cool, and it's called Rainbow Revival. All right. All right. Well, yep. uh, All right. We, you uh, you had said uh, in pre-show, you said your today's Let's, topic, you wanted to bring Mike in before right on way I off. I do. Let's, uh, should we take a little break? We take our 10-second little and station we'll ID. And reset, and we'll bring Mike Sean. Type of break. Yeah, we're going to talk about GPT. If you don't know what that is, you will find out. And AI. And uh, I can't think of anybody that's probably more educated on the topic than Mike Shaw. So we got... The rest of a really good show coming. All right. Stay with us. Much more Around the Corner on No Apology with Emily and Chris right here on listener-supported FreshRoadMedia.com. Hey, if you enjoy listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris, if you get any encouragement from it, please consider standing with us financially. Go to FreshRoadMedia.com and consider giving a wonderful gift today. It is appreciated.
Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris. We are so glad that you are along with us. And Emily set up the show today. She said, hey, we're going Granny Rant, then your deep dive. And then you said you wanted to bring in Mike Shaw. Is that right? I do, because I want to dig deep on this. We're going to be talking about chat, GPT, uh, kind of fairly new thing. If you haven't heard about it, you need to. And the artificial intelligence or AI that is really coming into being a part of life. So I think everybody's us. kind of heard a little bit about it by now. Eh. Yeah. 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 You think so? A lot yeah. of people have. What do you think? What do you think uh, market penetration is on knowing what AI and chat GPT is, Mike? It depends on uh, how into phones you are. Exactly. If, if you're familiar with the Google Pixel, and then the Google Pixel 8 that came out, uh, and when Google did their presentation, all they said, they said AI. In fact, it's it became a meme how many times they said artificial intelligence yeah, yeah. and AI in their presentation yeah. that's driving the software of the phone and also the, some of the tricks that the photography can do. And the Samsung that's coming out is going to have even more yeah. and better yeah. tricks. Uh, that are generated by AI. Yeah. Well, then there's a news, new news outlet that's been going on for a couple months, and I get it in my inbox every morning. It's called The Flyover. Uh, and they just had an article today about how Europe just passed some laws about AI. I don't oh, know if really? that's part of our discussion, but we have to control this because it can get out of control really, oh, really yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Laws of how you can't use AI to... Uh, mimic somebody yeah. or, or do something. Do you know that AI just did the new Raiders of the Lost Ark movie and made Harrison Ford look 40 years younger? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Uh, yeah. I thought it was incredible. It, it's and, really amazing. But he had to sign off on it. The reality is they could have made the movie without him. Yeah. Yep. What know? happens when he's dead? Yeah. I mean, you right? can just keep the series going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, AI is not all bad. You have to sign over your AI rights and your will now. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. got to be something for, Here's I mean, the problem. somebody's got to have done, set up a will to do that. Here's, In my opinion, that would be something you need to do. Here's the problem with AI, because it is becoming so lifelike, and they're starting to use it in place of actual human beings. And yeah, we know there that. are limitations with AI. For instance, AI does not have compassion. AI does not have common sense. It's just running probabilities and it's pulling data as to what would be likely. What is most likely? Well, here's the question. How many times in life have you dealt with something that really wasn't very likely? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, look at just the spiritual aspect of things. When you read through the Bible, look at all the things that happened that were not likely. And how does AI account for that? And how does AI um, tell us about that? And how to, you know, we talked about the fact that AI is coming out with its own Bible. Well, what's that going to look like? Well, if it's just pulling data on likelihood of what should follow next, it's not going to be because we we know God. Everybody's sitting in this room. We know God and we know he does things in ways we least expect him yep. <laughs> to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's kind of scary. I want to get your thoughts on this. Well, um, it, it is scary because we've already been, some of our work has been replaced by AI. Yeah. You haven't had a paycheck since April because you don't need to read news stories anymore. AI can, they have an AI software that can actually read it like Emily's voice. Yep. So it almost sounds like Emily's doing it. Um, so they can just take some of your old news stories. That's what she used to do for a living while I decided I wanted to be a pastor in rural America. And we're doing this show because AI is taking all the other stuff, and we're hoping that someday this actually funds into something. But we're going to be faithful regardless. 
Here's what I did with AI. Okay. I, um, first of all, you got to get some context. Can I give the context now? Is this my time? Absolutely. Okay. I kind of felt like it was my time. Go ahead. Um, I I'm I was in the process, and I don't even know if we're going to be anymore, on writing a book about leadership with the president of the Tim Tebow Foundation, Steve Biondo, who's mm-hmm. also in Bible Idiots. When I filmed with them in April of 2021 in Jacksonville, we talked about writing this book together. Mm-hmm. And my job was going to be to come up with the schematic and come up with the outline. Well, I went back to where we were at the time, and I got really motivated. Then stuff started happening. And so I kept emailing him and text, sending him text messages saying, hey, it's going to be a couple more months before I get anything to you. Yep. Sent him a rough draft of a couple chapters That's as far as we got. Then when we moved to Iowa, I thought I will just take a couple hours on Friday late afternoons uh, and and just work on it on my day off. That that's you know, or part of the creative writing on Tuesday afternoons if my sermon's well on its way. Mm-hmm. I didn't get very far, <laughs> and so again for the last year and a half, we've been going back and forth. We just talked at Thanksgiving, and he said, and Steve said, well, AI can probably write the book better than us anyway. So what I did after we hung up that phone call, that was on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and I I decided to go to ChatGPT, and I just asked it to give me an outline for Christian leadership and for corporate leadership. Mm -hmm. And in less than five seconds on each ask, maybe 10 seconds while it like... Massively fast, yeah. It did better work than I had done in over two years. That quick, mm-hmm. that quick. I mm-hmm. mean, the importance of corporate leadership, the evolving landscape of corporate environments, leadership fundamentals, visionary leadership, strategic decision-making, team building and collaboration, communication skills for leaders. And then, you know, talking about effective communication strategies, handling difficult conversations, utilizing technology and corporate communication. Right. Basically, if I just filled in the blank on this outline, which goes 13 deep all the way to the conclusion, mm-hmm. I would have my trade book basically written. Right. So why would they want to hire authors when they can then take this? And you're saying it's because of compassion. It's because of common sense. They can mimic those things. There's subtlety that that AI cannot mimic as of yet. Well, what about Christian leaders, the differences? Right, right. You know, vision and mission, aligning leadership with God's purpose, communicating a vision for the future, building a mission-driven team, (laughs) decision-making and leadership, seeking God's guidance, ethical decision-making, handling challenges with grace. This is all from AI. Right. Just by asking it to give me a leadership book outline. So, so I worked on it for over a year and a half on and off, and I literally got thumped by AI in less than 10 seconds. Yeah. So, yeah. so AI is super powerful. Yes. Um, you know, and it's and it's it's learning exponentially. And so it's getting exponentially better. Yeah. And we're watching that happen. Just chat GPT six months ago yeah. compared to now is yeah. night and day. What's so, it going to be like in a year or right. two uh, moving forward? Mike, talk to us about this chat. What are the letters? Everything G-P-T. has to end. GPT. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about that because yeah. I don't yeah. think a lot of people know. I shouldn't say a lot of people. I think there are some people that's maybe one that phase, don't know what this is. That's one phase in fashion of, of, AI, of AI, but there's so much more. But right. it's really putting it into the hands of you and me. So there's yeah. more than chat GPT. There are lots right. of different mm-hmm. um, artificial intelligences that are owned by different companies mm-hmm. that are being trained in different ways. Uh, Google has BARD. Mm-hmm. which they're now putting into your Gmail is going to have Bard. 
Um, your your Android phones are going to be able to use that BARD artificial intelligence to help you write emails, mm-hmm. to help you write text, to help you do lots of different right. things. Chat GPT is another flavor. Uh, the president, uh, well, you're going to love this. <laughs> Kamala Harris Ooh. is the artificial intelligence czar. How yeah. fitting is that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just, the jokes That's write themselves. almost <laughs> prophecy I mean, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. No. the jokes just write themselves. But what, so the president, this is two, three weeks ago, the president okay. signed an executive order, um, kind of like along the lines which you were talking about, the European Union, mm-hmm. trying to put some different, uh, they're making it sound good, like we've got to keep it under control. But part of it is we need to make sure that these artificial intelligences are trained the right way. See, so that's the key. The artificial intelligence has to be woke. And yep. so, you know, it has to believe in the woke things that yep. I'm not going to say because we like to be on YouTube so we can reach that audience. But so, you know, when you talk about the climate, for example, and so after I blow it up now, but, you know, you talk <laughs> about certain things about the climate or uh-huh. lots of other things that other people might call conspiracy theories that I would say all my conspiracy theories are coming true. Right. Um, Chat GPT and others, according to this executive order, right. they're going to have to know reality as they want reality to exactly. be known yeah. so that they can project yeah. their reality on us through these tools. Because this information is really coming from, correct me if I'm wrong here, but as I understand it, is all this information is coming from what's already been written, all of it, and mm-hmm. what's online, mm-hmm. and it just pulls data according to probability. And so what's the probability that you're going to get an authentic gospel? So, not very good, I would say. So yeah. it's, it's not necessarily by probabilities. It's okay. a, It's a giant language learning model. Yes. And they give it so much input, including like everything written online, mm-hmm. all of that goes into its input and mm-hmm. it and it starts to learn on its own. It does. Yeah. Um, but it also has parameters. So when chat GPT first came out and it started arguing, you know, people started to try to, you know, the people that were beta testing mm-hmm. were trying to get chat GPT to break, you know, so they're yeah. trying to. Yeah. And chat GPT broke <laughs> a couple okay. of times. In lots of different weird ways. Yeah. Do you, give me an example of well, how it broke. Well, so like this one guy was pushing ChatGPT really hard, and ChatGPT started to threaten him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and so, and, and, and other things, yeah. and or, or just out and out lied. Yeah. Right. And so they went back in and they put these parameters so ChatGPT would run into something yeah. that it wasn't allowed to go out of bounds, and it would say, I'm sorry, I can't talk about that. <laughs> and there are some things that ChatGPT will not talk about to this day because of that. And yeah. Just so, don't say that you're Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. If, you, so, if you can hear our voice, right. you this, are the resistance. This brings up something that I think is at the crux of everyone's concern. I really do believe this because you have people like Gates, Stephen Hawking, uh, what's his name, Elon Musk, they are voicing concerns oh, about yeah. AI getting to the point where AI will set its own goals. And what will these goals be? And will these mm-hmm. goals be compatible with the interest of human beings? Maybe, maybe not. And um, there is a fear that artificial intelligence, and these are men at the front, uh, you know, they're leading, they're the face of artificial intelligence but there's a fear that there is a risk to civilization from 
AI. Yeah, Elon Musk has been very forward about that for a couple of, more than a yeah. couple of years about yeah. that. Yep. He wants to do his own um, AI. Uh, <laughs> well, we all I, have our own AI. A nicer Elon. A, a, nice, improved AI. a nice improved Softer, AI. Softer, gentler right. AI. Well, here's here's one of Elon's point. I can't make all of Elon's points. But, yeah. Right. Uh, one of the the one one of the ones I picked up on uh, was you know we were talking earlier about how they're programming AI to be the way they want it. Exactly. You know mm-hmm. to have those woke outputs to project the world they want onto the rest of us. Uh, Elon says it's very dangerous to lie to AI. Okay. And, and for some of these reasons that we're talking about, he yeah. wants he wants a truthful AI, okay. kind of like what he's trying to do with Twitter X and yeah. and all of those yeah. things. And so, but yes, when you, I you know I don't even know that it's a fair comparison, but it's one that's being made. Yeah. So you know if you talk about our intelligence quotients as as mere human beings, artificial intelligence is going to out sprint our IQs by a right. lot. By a lot and very soon. Uh-huh. Quickly. Um, already has. And yeah. probably already has. Yeah. And, so, yeah. and so, right. So it's hard to predict, you know, what is the result of that, especially mm-hmm. when you give it access to all of the internet and all of the things. Mm-hmm. And your personal. It, oh, everything uh, you personal yeah. is a part of it as yeah. well. Yeah. So, Mike, how realistic is it? Uh, when these men are voicing these concerns, how realistic is it that AI will eventually uh, develop a will of its own? We will not have any sort of control over it. I don't know that we'll ever know for sure. Um, AI was already good enough last year that a worker at Google, uh, you know, before he before he left his job, he was kind of asked to leave. Uh, but he came out. <laughs> he came out works. and said, "AI is sentient." Is what? So what's sentient? That? Which is conscious. It's like oh, data. Okay. It's like data on the Starship Enterprise, oh, who's you know, a yeah, citizen yeah. of the Federation. Creepy, even though he's an android. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> AI was so good in mimicking uh, human responses and and yeah. and nuances that this guy was convinced that. Artificial intelligence is sentient. Now, others have countered that and say, no, it's impossible or no, it's not there yet. But I don't know that anyone knows uh, whether it is or isn't or will be or can't be. Right. Because look at all the things that we thought weren't possible. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, when I was a kid, I thought watching the Jetsons, this isn't even possible. We're doing all of it now. Well, Except for riding our cars, cars through space. Yeah, I want yeah. the flying cars. Flying cars. Come but on, we man. are flying, you know. Yeah. I mean, I have been in a tiny little Cessna and felt like E.T. floating through yeah. through the air. But, um, yeah, we thought I a know, lot of stuff was not possible, but I, it really I, is. I got a feeling. Do you have more? a lot more on AI? Uh, not really. Okay. Not really. Why? What's your thoughts? Well, I want to just throw this out there okay. for, for dialogue. And for, for those of you listening audio only, um, Gosh, I love you so much because <laughs> this video stuff is just, it's not as good a show as just audio You're only. so cute. We were, yes, dri- it is. we were driving recently and we listened to one of your, one of these episodes just yeah. to see how it sounded like. And it sounded like a really good talk show. Yeah. But watching it on YouTube, it's just. Uh, oh, come on. You got your red sweatshirt on. You look like Santa. <laughs> It's adorable. Oh, you're cyclone too. Eat, Chris. Eat, Chris. No one wants a skinny Santa. (laughs) Whoever heard of a skinny Santa? Here's where my. (laughs) I spend a big portion of my week studying the Bible, looking at biblical research, looking at ancient texts, and all that stuff. That's good. And I can't tell you that you know, how this happened, but that's exciting to me. Mm -hmm. It used to be just boring, like pulling teeth, but it's not anymore. It's a God thing. I am in the middle of 
I, I don't know. I don't know how to word this because I don't fully believe what I'm about to say, but I'm really <laughs> leaning towards it because it's making so much sense. Why don't you ask AI? <laughs> I think AI is going to be the uh, false prophet. Yeah. Oh. I think AI is going to be the false prophet, now whether they give it a face or a name or anything else, but the AI is going to point that all religions are legit. And it's all going to then cycle around what, you know, when you look at the Nephilim, when you look at the hybrid between demons and and, yep. and, and women, that's in the Bible, people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that there would be some sort of resurrection of a being who will then claim to be an alien. Yeah. And so all the UFO sightings, all of this, yeah. the whole world will chase after him immediately, okay? He will have AI-type intelligence. He will be the 12th imam to the Muslims. He will claim that uh, he's, you know, the... Jewish Messiah after three and a half years, but before he claims he's the Jewish Messiah, he will first give them the right to have the temple back, and everybody will be on board with it, and there'll be this peace that happens. And AI AI will be giving all the common sense answers that are just so hard to refute, but Uh, won't be biblical. It won't be salt and light. Jesus says in those times that even the elect would be deceived unless the time is shortened. Mm -hmm. So we have to be studied up prayed up and ready to really stand firm in such a time as this, because when I look at the false prophet and the Antichrist, I see a power that is not from human. Yeah. human. It's not going to be yeah. some charismatic... Um, a guy that everybody likes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just not going to be a political leader. It's, right. it's not going to be... You know, it, the Bible says it's without natural affections, okay? Oh, and that so, sounds like AI. Well, a lot of people thought that it would be somebody that was gay. Yeah. That yeah, was the yeah. interpretation yeah, in yeah, the yeah, 80s and 90s. Been, right, right. Yeah. So I'm saying AI with the new AI Bible is going to be the false prophet, and then Antichrist is going to be what I call E.T. is going to show up, claim to be an alien, everybody's going to chase yeah. after him. Yeah. And again, every religion in the world will just coalesce behind right. this guy. And I used to think, well, how would the Catholic Church... And the Pope get behind something like this, and now I can see. the Pope. The Pope has lost pretty much all credibility oh, oh, with yeah. Bible believing, authentic Christians. Right. Yeah. And even though we try to give, you know, we, we, we I hate saying give them a pass, but what I mean is we try not to fight and debate. We're just here to proclaim. Yeah. Right. In the world of AI, in the world of technology, in the world of everything running off the rails, and everybody knows it's getting darker. Now's the time to really double down on your Christianity. Yes. Go deep into know God's what word. God's yes. word says. There's yeah. two words that have to be in the forefront of everybody's mind going forward What's as that? Christians: prayer and unity. Mm. We have to have prayer. With and we Bible have to have unity. Believing Christians. Yes, and so when progressive Christians want to take that unity away, and they're doing it in the name of "Hey, come on, let's just all get along." That's like a fake unity. Yeah. And if you don't do want to get st- along, yeah. you're the hater. And my struggle has been how do we get along without going rage against the machine? And yeah. and I sometimes I, I'm coming across in my heart as lovingly as possible and people are like, why are you so harsh? So I don't know. I might not be the right leader to to lead us against the AI uprising. Okay, so here's <laughs> but my... Uh, yeah. Good luck. Prayer, unity. Yep. True Christians, when two or three of you are gathered together, there I am with you also. The promises of Jesus have to be at the forefront of our mind. Well, I want to talk about that word unity, because I think that that is a word that's even starting to get hijacked 
where people look at unity and it's kind of like a live and let live and everybody just accept everybody. And that's really not the definition of unity. The definition of unity that they're talking about in the Bible, um, unity among believers, is being of one accord, mm. being like-minded. We are in agreement together with everything. It is not a live and let live mentality. It's not a whatever, who am I to judge? That's not unity. That's not unity at all. But turning to God's word and having a understanding that this is who God is, this is what God has said, and knowing what that means. So my question to you, Chris, is have you thought about asking your chat GPT if AI is the Antichrist, <laughs> no. what kind of an answer would you get? You, should we I do think, it live I, on the show right yeah, now? I've got my phone right here. We should. Let's we should. It. See what so, it says. <laughs> my microphone is I'm going to bet it's going to be yeah, a, there you go. I Don't can't ever reach talk for your phone again. <laughs> I, I bet so, it's going to well, be an I can't talk about this. While you're dialing that up, I wanted, I wanted to make a point, which yeah. is okay. or just something to watch for. Right? Sure. Because I, I, his theory is interesting, and I can't, I can't say whether that's true or not. Um, that's really interesting. It is. Here's, Where my prayer and thought he, life has gone lately. Here's a couple things that I think would confirm what Chris is saying. For example, um, Klaus with the WEF has said, why would we need in the future, mm-hmm. in the near future, why would we even need to have elections when artificial intelligence we'll is so us. good at predicting what the results will be? Yeah. Why don't we just go with those results? Yep. And if we yeah. start seeing people in power, which supposedly we put there, but mm-hmm. when we see people in power starting to cede their power to, to AI or consulting AI more and more mm-hmm. for these answers, and that that's the transition to watch out yeah. for that could lead us to where, where Chris is talking and about. And not only that, but that AI is going to write its own Bible. We talked about that on the show before. Well, the, guy, the guy came on it. Yeah, we had the little video. Yeah, so Professor, video. Professor Harari said we're going to rewrite yep. the Bible using AI mm-hmm. for the true religion. It will be the Which, true religion, <laughs> right. and they view it as the very first Bible that really, truly isn't written by men. And so that's the mantra behind, like, progressive Christianity. Mm -hmm. This is just written by men. It's not God-inspired so that they can turn to AI and they can say, oh, but that really, you know, whatever. Where'd they get the information from? It was all—all that data was put in by men. So— Any other thought? Fo- what does ChatGPT say? Yeah, what does it say? Okay, what am I supposed to ask it exactly? You're supposed to ask it if artificial intelligence will be the Antichrist. <laughs> this is great. Is artificial intelligent the Antichrist? <laughs> or will it be? No, artificial intelligence is not the Antichrist. AI is a technological development, and any association with religious or apocalyptic concepts is a matter of interpretation and personal belief. Ooh. That's Lies, a good answer. Lie, but it's lies <laughs> because the, the guy just said. Let's try uh-huh. another one. Let's try another one. Yeah. Is AI going to be able to rewrite the entire Bible? That's going to offer it, probably. <laughs> sure. Where do you want to start? Okay. While AI can generate text based on patterns it learns from existing data, rewrite, rewriting the entire Bible would involve complex nuances, cultural understanding, 
and theological insight that go beyond what current AI capabilities can achieve. Current. Current. Uh, the interpretation <laughs> and reinterpretation of religious texts involve profound human experiences and beliefs, making it a better task suited to human understanding. I'm telling you, this is AI talking, yeah. and you hear how nuanced and great that answer is. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's such a great answer, and uh, it's just going to go from here. When you see the uh, announcements for the new Samsungs that are coming out, yeah. Uh, they're going to allow in device. Mm -hmm. uh, you can replace any background on a video that you shoot while you're shooting it. Oh, um, or so you in, can be anywhere. or in post. Yeah. Uh, kind of yeah. like I mean, it's like a green screen for video. Yeah. Or you can remove things. You know, Pixel does it now with photos. Right. Yeah. The magic eraser. Mm -hmm. They're going to have magic eraser for video on your Samsung phone as you're videoing it. Okay, so Ooh. that and that's coming out. Next month. That's crazy. That's, That's coming so out next crazy month. because then how do we know? You know, reporter on the street. Yeah, well, this is what we're seeing. Mostly peaceful protests while it's burning <laughs> the item. It's going to get like, more and yeah, more Yeah, how will we know how really truly accurate so that is? That's why the European Union is taking the steps that they are. Supposedly, there's some stamp that's written in the code that you can tell it's AI generated. Okay, I'm not fully convinced, but. Yeah. Supposedly, that's you know, so you can. There still was have an artist, and there was an artist that, that sort of used AI to paint a painting. Okay, and it won first prize mm. in this art competition. Sure. And the artist, well, the user of AI, he's not really an artist. Um, his statement was, "Human talent is is dead." Right. Human talent is done. And that, you know, now you can have AI paint better. You can have it do do, do a talk show better. You can have it write, you know, books better. It, there's, it can fly planes better. It can defend you in court better. It can yep. probably be a better doctor yep. for you. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, it's already know, being used for that. Telemed, yeah, telemed was behind. game changer where you can, you know, I don't need to have to go sit in a waiting room, fill out a chart. To, well, I can just take pictures of my skin and send it to some a, telemed but guy. But a doctor is but going to look But a doctor got on the phone yes. up until now. I don't even think we need a doctor on and the phone Gates anymore. Gates is pushing that heavily that AI is going to make us be able to triage ourselves and really determine when we actually need to so, go see a doctor. So AI currently, AI already is better at reading x-rays, yep. CT scans, uh, at detecting disease from those heart, scans. Heart by, conditions. By yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot So better. when we hear that artificial intelligence is going to take the... Uh, the burger flipping job, we don't mind. But when it's going to take every high-end professional thing that people right. strive for right. that builds success of your society, I'm telling you, what I, you know what I see in two years? A bunch the of fat people on floaty chairs. <laughs> Wally. Yep, Wally. Wait, a bunch of fat people on floaty wait, chairs. Wait. Man. I just am missing wait, the floaty so you're chair. saying it's not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's all good. Are, are we ready to go to right on way yeah, off? Yeah, I think it is time. I think we have exhausted uh, that. Oh, topic. I, I think we just scratched for the surface. Barely scratched the surface. Hey, I can okay, see AI for... being a, a weekly thing <laughs> for today. For today. For today. Uh, AI, quit putting words. Quit assuming what words I'm going to say. Hey there, Mr. We just thought it was an Chat AI prompt. <laughs> what can I say to make my wife love me? <laughs> Perfect. Did you really do it? You should have really done that. Okay, you want me to do, do it? it? Yeah, yes. really do that. Yes. Really yes. Do save the show, Chris. Come right. on, Chat GPT, save the show. What can I say to make my wife love me? 
Building love is a continuous process based on understanding, communication, and support. Express your feelings, listen to hers, and show appreciation for her. Consider seeking couples counseling for guidance. If they- <laughs> yeah. Listen to wow. her. Let her finish a sentence. We're the couple's counselors. That's the sad part. <laughs> wasn't, that a, wasn't that a Billy Joel song just now? Tell her about Yeah, there you Something go. Something like that. All Tell right. Tell her how you All feel. Right. All right, All let's right, move on. It is time for Right On, Way Off, my favorite part of the show. So I'm going to give you guys uh, statements. There's three of them, and you tell me whether these statements are right on or way off. We're going to start with you, Chris. All right. Are you ready? I'm We're ready. going to go back to the ancient days. Ancient days. Oh, I gonna, love those. After talking about AI and all this stuff, yeah. this just feels so antiquated, almost like it's this even essential. But here's the quote. Tell me what you think. Hmm. We must remember that when it comes to our constitutional right to bear arms, that the men who wrote the Second Amendment hadn't just finished a hunting trip. They had just finished liberating a nation. I'm right on. Are you right on? I'm right on. Yeah, Yeah, it's the the Second Amendment is so we can defend ourselves against our government. Tyranny. So for our government to try to limit that be- why would they? Why would they want to limit that? Yeah, I know, right? What? <laughs> because they don't want us to, you know. Right? They can't I overthrow us if we have have that. The fervor look, in your voice, there, look, dear. The, a rock killed killed Abel. Mm-hmm. Cain killed Abel with a rock. It wasn't the rock. It's not the gun. Right. We we had a society that Emily and I are just old enough to remember, where kids would traveled to school with guns in their gun rack, fully loaded ammunition. Yeah. It was they, a part of school, actually. And every to now learn and then there'd be a, a misfired gun. That was a tragedy in town. Mm-hmm. And we used to work for gun safety and all those kinds of things. So um, I understand school shootings. I understand all of those things. There, you know, we, we have to have dialogue about it, but it comes back to why? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Uh, you know, here's the thing that that I, that I struggle with with people that want to take away the Second Amendment, and that is. We just had a transgender shooter who had left a manifesto that had it been a conservative, white, straight Christian would have been on the front page of every newspaper. But most people have not been able to read it, and you almost have to go deep undercover on the Internet to find out what this person wrote. Mm -hmm. It was transgender rage, not the gun's fault. Right, exactly. It's the hearts of men. We can't even say that because there's a push to protect the transgender rage. All right. Crazy, crazy world we live in. So I think think we need to bear arms. We must remember that when it comes to our constitutional right to bear arms— that the men who wrote the Second Amendment hadn't just finished a hunting trip. They had just finished liberating a nation. Is that right on or is that way off? We must remember that. That is so right on. Yeah. And everything Chris said, and I'll just add this, you know, people go, well, people don't need weapons of war. (laughs) Um, Well, back when they wrote the Second Amendment, for example, the Kentucky sniper rifle that was Mm -hmm. invented in Kentucky by just— someone in Kentucky, um, the Second Amendment was written for Americans to have all of the current warfare guns and other weaponry. And so, you know, when they, again, they're taking it out of context, you know, if if you can afford a tank, more power to you, man. Yeah. There were some people that actually, a guy that did buy a tank and it was like a legal transaction. I love it. He drove it around. Yes. And then the... uh, 
government got really wiggy about that. You yeah. can't do that. And they started There's getting busy. There's a documentary about the guy with the, Pepsi, with the Pepsi points got the jet, was going after the <laughs> yes, jet. Yes, I remember that. That was that a fun much. documentary. That would be great. I remember yeah, that. That was, a, that was a fun story back in the day. Yeah, There's yeah. your Jetsons flying car. Well, being a, being a marketing <laughs> executive for years in the advertising space, I can tell you that the people that didn't put the disclaimer on there, uh, they didn't put the disclaimer on the on the on the right, ad that right, said right. for seven billion points or whatever you could get a fighter jet. It was a joke. It was right, obviously a tongue in cheek right, joke yeah. by Pepsi, but some guy took him to task. Went to court. There's a whole documentary on it. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Awesome. I love smart people. AI yeah. would not I have like missed that. <laughs> final <point>. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably not. Right, probably not. Right. All right. Uh, question number two, Mike. We'll start with you. You may be Solomon with wisdom, or David in praise, or even Abraham in faith, or Joshua in war. But if you are not Joseph in discipline, you will end up like Samson in destruction. Oh, mm. I hate this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad he's first on this. <laughs> no, no. I knew it's I a thinker. This. I was hoping you were going toward, but without love, you're just a clanging gong. <laughs> no. That would have been too easy. Um, no. I'm going to go way off on this okay. because, well, discipline's my weakness. So, mm. uh, and so, you know, it's, um, but you so know, God, so, give him a pass. Yeah. So give me a pass. No, self discipline is a uh, fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that you have to have self-discipline as a fruit of the Spirit to have all of those other things. Um, now, certainly self-discipline and discipline is very, very good. And, you know, when you get out of line, you need to get back into line. I'm talking myself out of my answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, they all work together. There you go. So you they go. all work together. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I am right on on that. Um so, you know, first of all, there's only one Solomon. I love stumping you guys. Yeah, this is a really good one. You went way off, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm gonna. Go, I'm. I went way off, but I think I'm gonna go right on um, because I talked myself. And uh, I'm it's thinking a woman's it, prerogative. I mean, a guy's prerogative. Uh, uh, that's the second time on this show. But anyway, um, well, I'm just thinking it through out loud because I had to go first. Yeah, so I have to yeah. use my words yeah. in case people are listening. That is so uh, <laughs> In case they listen to an actual talk yeah, show. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> who, 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 who would knew? figure that? All right, so there's only one Solomon. No one is wise as Solomon mm-hmm. before or since except Jesus, of course. So, um, but there are very, there's a lot of wise people. Um, you know, David, all the, all those other examples you gave. Mike, your mouth is falling down the (laughs) stairs. I know. I know. So you do have to have a degree of self-discipline. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're right on. Yeah. (laughs) I want Sad about that. I, know, I, know. <laughs> I am. All right. I, I need to hear it again. All right. So you may I. be a Solomon with wisdom, a David with praise, or even an Abraham in faith or a Joshua in war. But if you are not a Joseph in discipline, you will end up like Samson in destruction. I am way off. Okay, and I'm telling you because uh, if you have the wisdom of Solomon and mm-hmm. you have the faith of Abraham and you have the praise of David, discipline will come by as a byproduct in that enough for you to get get by. You may not be the most disciplined person in the world, Kinda and that like might Peter. be your shortcut. You yeah, know? that might be your short shortcoming. 
But if you have those other things, discipline will come. So uh, let me. Good. But <laughs> go ahead, because I've been thinking, and I think I, I think I have it. I think I okay. have it. All right, let's hear it. So all of those people, yeah, fell, mm-hmm. failed, yeah. and fell. Yeah, they did in the areas that they had mm-hmm. the lack of self discipline. Yeah. yeah, and so Solomon, you know, had all those wives and yeah. went after and uh, other idols. David and his adultery and murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Samson, of course, the stuff that he did. Yep. Um, and so they all had their failings. Yep. And so they did not have perfect self-discipline. If they would have, maybe they wouldn't have failed. They wouldn't have gone through the difficulties yep. right. that they did. So yeah. I think Chris is right. We don't have to end up like Samson. Right. We could just end up with something less like than Joseph. It. In, yeah. yeah, something yeah. like it in, in in an area of yeah. your life. Yeah. But that statement is kind of right on in the way where discipline yeah. needs to be a high, high, high priority in the Christian walk. I'll go what with that. Said. I'll I go like with it. that. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I'm so glad to hear you guys talk because I read that and I had the same thing. It was just like I'm kind of vacillating, and it's not to say that self- I'm way don't off self- until I'm dis- right on, and I'm right on until I decide I'm way off. Can we rewind that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I get to edit the show. Right? You'll never hear it. Exactly. You'll never studio, see it. Studio producer. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never see it. All of a sudden, Mike's face is replaced with a picture of AI. Right? right? Yeah. Ask AI, what's Mike's answer to right on, way off? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they kind of do work together. I had that same thought uh, pass through my mind as well, is that if you do have these other things, uh, self-discipline, or at least a degree of it, will kind of be a byproduct of those other things. And so, yeah, it was kind of kind of interesting. I think you guys made some really good points. Good for you guys. All, All right. right. I, don't think, I don't think there's a right answer on that one. But yeah. yes, it's a self-discipline good discussion point, though. is very important. Yes, wow. exactly. Wow. Last one for <laughs> the day. Uh, the Bible does speak to every issue in life, and our political issues are informed by our theology. There's no such thing as a political or uh, as a politician or a political issue that is without theology. You cannot do politics without theology. So we have to break this false dichotomy. Is that right on or is that way off, Chris? Mm. There is a definite correct answer here, so think it through careful. I'm going to say way off. Okay. And Why? Well, for talk show di- discussion. Yeah. Um. I just really feel that there are some things that are outside the space of anything political that has to do with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our sinful condition and not being able to fix that and that we need that. And so the way I hear the question being formed is that all politics is, is got to be somehow blended into the Bible and the Bible can address everything political. And I think there are some things that are just so stupid political that it's it's beneath the dignity of the authentic christian in the in the holy word of god okay that's my that's my answer so what makes it stupid your comparison to your theology is that what deems it stupid no no i mean there's some political stuff that is just so f- well I, I am one who really pushes the fact that um, you don't want to hear politics when you come to church. We come to church to make Jesus' right? name great. True. But on the same token, they've politicized almost every kind exactly. of behavior. Yeah. So the Bible can address it, and we can address it in a biblical way. Mm-hmm. But there are some things, and you made it almost such an absolute, that's why I'm way off. There okay. are some things that are political, that are just ridiculous, that have nothing to do with Jesus, our sin, our need of a Savior, 
And so that's where I'm way Okay. Out. All right. Mike does that Shaw, make sense? It does. Yep, it okay. does. Yep. Mike Shaw, what do you think? The Bible does speak to every issue in life, and our political issues are formed by our theology. There's no such thing as a politician or a political issue that is without theology. You cannot do politics without theology. So we have to break this false dichotomy. Do you think that's right on or way off? That is so right on. And I am so confident that I have the right answer. It's called worldview. There you go. And so everyone has a worldview that is informed by what they believe. Mm -hmm. And everyone has a belief system. And so what that question is addressing is just everyone's worldview. And so if you want to know why Democrats are so messed up, Look at their worldview. Right. Um, you know, if you're going to boo God at your convention, that might, uh, <laughs> you know, you might have a rotten root yeah. on uh, what you're trying to produce as fruit. Yeah. And conversely, you know, if you have, um, there's a lot of good Christians that serve in politics. Yep. Even though uh, a lot of Christians say, well, you don't be, don't get into politics. It's too divisive. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we need the light in those dark places. We need True. wherever you're called. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm going to go right on because it is uh, addressing worldview, as I understand. It. All right. Well, that is right on. <laughs> I'll stand corrected. I'm agreeing with Mike here. Yeah. That's a quote by Vody Bacchus, uh, Bacham. And I really agree with that, that there's been this push to, you know, the separation of church and state. And it's like, okay, well, hold on. Wait a minute. Yeah. Back up. Chris knows the history on that one. You both do. Yeah. yeah. The people that are sitting in Washington, they are our representatives. Let's get a couple of them on the show so, soon. Yeah. yeah. I think I, we, we should, know, do should do there's that. There's a congressman I've been in touch with in just in the last two or three weeks. And I mean, yeah, well, yeah, let's do the show. And then it's like, okay, when? And then crickets. Yeah. You know? Oh, they're busy. Yeah. Well, Is that how that works? Well, the well, holiday, Christmas Thanksgiving, yeah. now, we're in the, yeah. now we're in this Christmas right. vortex. Do you know that the film industry shuts down the Tuesday, Wednesday before Thanksgiving and doesn't fire off again until the 3rd or 4th of January? Why not? It's just a dark, no one answers their phone. I mean, they yeah. take that. They, that's what they do. They, they and they're telling us we shouldn't celebrate? you got to have time to spend, <laughs> you gotta have time to spend that money somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot go visit Grandma because it's COVID. And stop putting up those trees. It's pagan. Well, if you're... <laughs> well, the Druids visited Grandma. We I know gotta how that have my, out. I got to have my week and a half or my month and a half off. Goodbye. So yeah. what, Grandma won the Battle of Hastings hey, in 1066. Hey, no, I'm listening to that question, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, how can I turn this into radio theater? Now, just for those of you who want to know what radio theater is, let me give you an example. Back when I was doing sports is radio... It theater on the radio? What? <laughs> no, it means you play a role, even though you're a personality with your own opinion. Like, for oh, example, yeah. like in theater, uh, I was doing a sports call and talk show, and I had some some guests come on the show, and then I was a guest on somebody else's yeah. show. I don't remember, but either way, the topic was going to be what is the greatest rivalry in sports. And I got assigned, I got told that I was going to take North Carolina Duke basketball. Yeah. That was going to oh, be, that was going to be, and so tough. I had to sell that the whole show, that that was number yeah. one, number okay, one rivalry. Okay, we don't do that here. I know. <laughs> we don't do but it here. we but... do some radio theater where, uh-huh. you know, we, we, you know, we have to, you know, like when you and I would do things where husband and wife stuff where we would just disagree, yeah, you know, about bread versus soup or whatever it was just to generate phone calls. Mm-hmm. That's called radio theater. And that was where my heart uh, was by going way off on that one. I don't oh, like I that. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, too, you know, I'm sitting in this room the whole time the show's being done yeah, and we're yeah. setting it up. It's, like, it's not theater, people. This is what they, 
They're really like <laughs> yes. this. They're like this. this they're is so how they weird. Really are. I'm telling you right now, Alabama Auburn football stomps on anything in the basketball realm. Anything in the basketball. Realm. But yeah. I had to do it that day, and I don't mind. I mean, like I say, it's it's radio theater at times. But when you're doing personality driven talk radio that's Christian like this one, where we're not apologizing, then we try to be as accurate as possible. But I was trying to make a point yeah. with my way off, even though. Yes. When you said that's right on, you really looked right at me. Like... I just—I was kind of surprised that you went there. I, I got to be honest. I'm explaining yeah. it now rather than uh-huh. later. Who uh-huh. are you? Yeah, I yeah. don't even know you so, anymore. I have, a, I have a couple I'm favorite things. I have a couple favorite things about right on way off, but probably my most favorite thing is. We don't know the questions ahead no. of time. It's just you're lopping yes. them at us. You don't get to know. And we're doing our best, as, yeah, know, as you right? saw on question two. Yeah, and those yeah. are really good questions, <laughs> Emily. You've really done a really good job. Hey, yeah. I know Emily's going to want to wrap up the show because right yeah. on way off is, is going, but I want Mike to talk about Jesus is coming yes. soon, Mike Shaw, and I want to talk a little bit about Bible Idiots. Uh, wherever you get your Bible Idiots uh, podcast content, um, we are going to have a couple messages from some guest speakers now. One of the things they they tell you, consultants will tell you, is that when you're building a, a ministry platform, teaching platform, you don't put guest speakers on. You know, you're not focused on the family. You'll never hear somebody other than Alistair Begg on Truth for Life or David Jeremiah on Turning Point. Well, I'm a participation guy, and God has sent us a a team of pastor preacher guys, mm-hmm. and. Kevin Peterson gave a message that is so good. I had a, I had a really sweet lady in the church said, you need to resign. He's, <laughs> he's better. He, he was so good. You're going to probably. Yes. And I laughed. And, I, and, and it, <laughs> pastors do have that fear about guest speakers and I got to protect my pulpit and all that. Uh, and then our youth pastor who God has risen mm. up, his name is Luke Ferguson, Pastor Luke Ferguson. Youth pastor Luke gave a message yesterday that's going to be on. And we're going to have those part of BibleIdiots.com yep. because they're so good. They're brothers who are worthy to yeah. have their messages heard. And if God laid it on their heart, it may bless you. It may bless somebody you share it with. Yep. And it doesn't have to be about Chris Danielson. We yeah. know that that's the way it is. So I want you to join me at BibleIdiots.com, which is also a page on FreshRoadMedia.com. Fresh Road Media is the parent for the distribution of, of the my teaching platform, Bible Idiots. Yep. But when these guys come out, support them by listening to them. And if you are blessed by it, share it with somebody. And I want you to know the heart behind it. And I will be back with my Christmas messages and all of that soon enough. And um, Mike, what do you got going on on uh, Jesus Coming Soon? Yeah, so that's great. So I'm just going to be real transparent right now. Okay. Um, I just got a job. (gasps) And so I'm working a job. Um, You know, it's it's really... Joined the ranks of the uh, employee. You know, it's really strange when... The bills come in. They kind of expect you to pay them. I know. <laughs> I know. Don't and, you hate that? And they prefer they be on time. And so I, I went out and I got a job. Well, I will. I will jump in and just yeah. say that this is listener supported. Yeah. Yep. And both yep. Mike and Emily were hoping this could hope, be hope, like hope. a like a like a legit job. Sure. We have some really cool people who are financially supporting us. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I do not want to ever discount that because right now that's our lifeblood. It we are. Is. It's given us hope. But quite honestly, there ain't enough. Yeah, it just right. we're, we're in that world of not enough. So, and so, so Mike, you had to go get right. supplemental income. So we're not there yet. Um, and so I, all that to say this, that we're, we're building and we will get there. Mm-hmm. And you're right. The people that are giving right now, um, thank you so much. And, yeah. I mean. Um, we just need another 5,000 just like them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Correct. Correct. 500. Correct. 50. And, and so I'm just saying if, if Jesus is coming soon is a little inconsistent on releases, 
Um, that's one reason why. And then right. the other thing is we have a vision for Jesus' coming soon. We do. We'd like to make it a news program, uh, preferably daily. Mm-hmm. So once this thing is fully funded, we're, we're going to build a studio. We're going to do a daily like newscast. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be news and opinion. Uh, with that worldview. Can I be a reporter on the street when that goes daily? Oh, please. <laughs> please do that. Would you? Uh, you I can, will. At, yeah, least, and you at can, least once or twice a week. You can do it in any way you like, too. Because yeah. what I would like to see is some straight reporting, and I'd also like to see some theater Fun of the mind stuff. reporting. Yeah. All right. Some theater All right. I, I'll do the theater. Uh, all that Coming stuff. to you live from Hy-Vee in all Harlan, Iowa. <laughs> and then, you know. Chris Daniels. And then bring your hey, opinions Hey, I know the beat manager at Hy-Vee. Yes, you do. And then we're going to throw in some long-form interviews with that. And then we're and then also some devotional stuff that I've yeah. already done on some of my early episodes too. And so all of that's a worker in progress, mm-hmm. just as Fresh Road Media continues to grow. And um, I think re- we're going to get there in 2024. I'm, I believe. I I believe so. I'm really excited about path. all of that, and I'm excited too that we are going to be releasing that yeah. the 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 Bible reading program for 2024. If you'd like to to follow along with us. Hey, so that's next week, soon. bring that, yeah. let's talk about that Bible reading as okay. part, at the end of Right On, Way Off on next sure. week's show. Let's let's un- unveil that. And then I will also announce the Higher Ground Conference, which I want to change go. the name to Higher Ground yeah. Celebration, but that's just me. I don't, I haven't focused. Do we have to change all the flyers and tickets? No. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's it's a celebration of us going to the Higher Ground. Al and Lisa Robertson are coming to Harlan, Iowa, um, as is Brad Stein, as is my son, Jacob Danielson. Uh, the three of us on the screen right now and in, in, uh, in your speakers, if you're audio only, we're also going to be doing presentations. And one of Mike's things is going to be focused on this annual reading plan, which is going to take you through the Bible almost two times. Yeah. And it's, but it will write God's word on your heart, which yeah. we need to do. So Absolutely. that's what we got coming for next week's show. What about yeah. you, Emily? What do you think? Well, I'm really glad that you guys brought that up because it really gets back to the fact that uh, I'm so thankful for just being able to do this. Uh, the people that have come alongside who volunteer their time, their resources to make this happen, because I really do believe that it's needed to have this online presence, this broadcast, these events that are going to encourage people in the Lord as the days are getting darker. And Mike, you bring up a really good thing. We have a lot of hopes and dreams and future plans to continue to make this grow. One of the things we've talked about is expanding just this show to twice a week and, you know, to bring more content, more content for people. And that only comes as people come alongside and help us do um, what it is God's called us to do. So if you are a supporter, if you have supported us in the past, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, If you feel God leading that maybe, whether it's a one-time gift or an ongoing thing, go to freshroadmedia.com and stand with us. And I thank you for that too. And lastly... Pray for us because the righteous prayer or the prayers of the righteous avail much and God can do anything. So thank you again for being with us on the show and we will see you again next week. 